Oceans Church. How are we going? It is good to be here with you on this rainy Sunday. We're out of lockdown. We're going well with a few restrictions in place, as you can see. So we're having to do this online, but I do believe that God can still move through a live stream. Amen. Hey, for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Ash. I am on the lead team here at Oceans Perth. Um, and a bit more about me, I've been a part of Oceans since we launched as Everlife back in April 2019. It's actually where I met my husband, Jaden. So props to being planted into a church, hello. Um, I work at Alpha Crucis College Perth um, in their recruitment team. And it's actually the um, college out internship program one's out of, so that's awesome. Um, and I also get to um, network with a lot of of our local ACC churches and Christian schools so I find that an incredibly humbling opportunity um, to be a part of but I love it I love it here at Oceans Shafe and Jess have really shown me um, the value of walking alongside others in their um, in their journey with God um, so if you are new at Oceans tonight I can just let you know now if you're watching on the live stream you are always going to be looked after and you're always going to be lifted up so thank you to Shafe and Jess for um, just valuing that within our church. Uh, well, I am so incredibly honoured to be preaching tonight, especially in this series. Come on. Got my, got my crowd here ready to go. Um, especially in this series called Build Your Life, a series based on building our lives on the wisdom of God. And how we can build our lives on the wisdom of God, as Shaif was explaining last week, um, is the fear of the Lord. And the, the verse that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning or the foundation of wisdom, which is ultimately just living God's way. Um, so tonight I want to talk about wisdom around the area of relationships. An area I am especially passionate about. If anyone knows me even just a little bit, you will know this to be true. I have a lot to say in the area of wisdom within relationships. And all the young adults said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> so I just wanted to share some key thoughts tonight um, that I thought would help us gain some wisdom in relationships and some ways to help us build our lives on a solid foundation. Um, but first, I just want you to take a moment just to think back of a time um, where you have been influenced in some way, whether it's big or small, you know, it could be something as small as someone eating unhealthy around you. So you did the same. I know for me that happens at least once a week. Um, or even you were watching a movie when you were younger and you picked up a phrase that your parents probably weren't particularly happy you picked up on. Um, but come on, I know that all of us have been influenced in some way and we want to know. So put it in the comments. What's something that has influenced you um, that you remember? Because I know we're not shy tonight. Um, and while you do that, I'm just going to start letting you know that we all have influence and we all are influenced. It doesn't matter if you think you are or not, we are always being influenced. And this is especially true when it comes to the direction of our life and how we build our life. You know, there's that cliche saying of, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Or what we like to say at Oceans, the quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. And it's, it's so true. The quality of the relationships that we have in our life determine the quality of our life. So we all have relationships and we all have influence. But they can influence, influence us in either of two ways. In ways that can build us up or ways that can tear us down. You know, ways that bring us closer to God or ways that tear us away from God. You know, Proverbs 13, 20 says, Those who walk with the wise will become wise. I mean, it's, it's quite simple, really, when you think about it. That's why I love the Proverbs, is because that book is not afraid to give it to you straight. If you want to be wise, hang out with wise people. 
If you want to make good choices, be around people that make good choices. Choose who you walk with and you will become like them. All you need to do is choose your influence. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, choosing your influence. So I used to live in Esperance. I went to Esperance um, Christian School from kindy to year two. And to get home to the farm that we lived on at the time, um, we had to switch buses at the high school if we wanted to make it home that night because mum just wasn't going to drive two hours into the town centre to pick her kids up. That's just unrealistic, right? It's not just me. All right, cool. Um, So I get off the primary school bus and I have to wait like 20 minutes until the bus to the farm arrives. Um, And it's just this this tiny little year two girl sitting on the wall at, at, um, at the school at the time, watching all the big high schoolers walk by, you know, not knowing good from bad yet, not a care in the world. And you know, when you're younger and everyone in high school just seems so old and mature, like, you know, they've got their lives sorted out. I just can't wait to be like them when I grow up, you know? What a joke, right? Anyway, so I was sitting on this wall and a high school girl walks past me with her friends. You know, she's got the one strap over the shoulder. I don't know if that's cool anymore. It was when I was in school, but she's got the one strap over the shoulder, the strut, you know, all the cool kid things, the cool kid vibes. And her friends that are on the bus see her and they're like waving at her and trying to like point at her to get her attention. She sort of just like looks at them, like just looks at them, smiles, gives them the middle finger and just kind of just <laughs> laughs and walks away with her friends. So I'm sitting here, this little year two girl just witnessed what happened, thinking, oh, wow, that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, that must have been so cool to get everyone's attention, right? That, that was pretty cool. So, <laughs> so I see one of my friends on the bus. And they're waving at me and trying to get my attention. So naturally, I grab my stuff, I jump off the wall. I look at them dead in the eyes and give them two very long, prominent middle fingers. (laughs) And they just like bolt, like I'm talking Usain Bolt, like out of there, I'm gone. Because I had no idea what I just did. And I'm just like, I just remember the sheer horror on their faces and me thinking, what the heck did I just do? I have no idea what I've just done. Anyways, I later cried that night to my mum in the living room and I'm pretty sure she just laughed at me, but I felt like I needed some sort of prayer ministry or forgiveness from God because I felt horrible. (laughs) That was horrible. But isn't it crazy how much influence we have, whether we know it or not? That girl had no idea what kind of influence she had on this tiny little year two girl sitting on the wall. But whoever we hang out with and whatever we do and however we act has an influence on the people around us. Psalms 1 verse 1 to 3 says, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the laws of the Lord. And on his laws he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted in streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. Come on, isn't that truth that we can rely on? Blessed are we when we choose to not walk in the ways of the wicked, but when we choose to delight in the laws of God. This scripture is a clear invitation to what influence we choose. We can either choose to go in the way of the wicked or the influence of sinners, or we can choose the influence of the word of God in our lives. Choosing to walk in the ways of God invites us into blessing and fruitfulness. And in all we do, we will prosper. 
So the key story I want to have a look at that clearly demonstrates this principle comes from Judges 13, the story of Samson. And I'm going to pull some key thoughts out that I really believe will help us. Are we ready? Come on. We're ready. All right, let's go. (laughs) So Samson was brought up in a good home, right? He had a future. He had the call of God on his life. And we can start to see this from the beginning um, of the story when an angel of the Lord appears to Manoah's wife saying, you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. So Manoah and his wife being obedient to God dedicated Samson to the Lord even from the womb. And he was seen to grow up in a good household with godly influences, never cutting his hair because that's where his strength came from. But the story starts to break apart later on when Samson decides to sleep with a prostitute named Delilah. And he later on falls in love with her. Uh Uh-oh. All right. When the rulers of the Philistines heard this, they went to Delilah and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him and so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. So, naturally, Delilah said to Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? Like you'd think she'd use something more inconspicuous than just like telling him her master plan all of a sudden. Um, But Samson answered her, If anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I will become as weak as any other man. So the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, and she tied him with them. The men hid in the room, so she called him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of string snaps when it comes close to a flame, so the secret of his strength was not discovered. Phew. All right, there we go. Then Delilah said to Samson, You have made a fool out of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. And then he said, If anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I will become as weak as any other man. So she told the Philistines, they tied him up and she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes as if they were threads. You think by this point she'd give up, right? No, it still goes on. Delilah said to Samson, all this time you have been making a fool out of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. Now, I just like to think Samson was having a bit of fun by this point because he said, if you weave seven braids of seven braids into my hair with fabric and tighten them with the pin I will become as weak as any other man I don't know maybe he just liked his hair being played with I know I do I know Jaden does must be a relationship thing so while he was sleeping Delilah did as he said yet he woke up and broke free then she said to him how can you say I love you if you don't confide in me this is the third time that you've made a fool out of me and you won't even tell me the secret of your great strength and this is my favorite bit, you ready? With such nagging and prodded him, d- sorry, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. <laughs> I feel like I could learn a little bit from this story in my own relationship. Sorry, Jaden. Um, but she asked him four times. You'd think by the end of it, he would have caught on to what she was doing. I mean, she must have had, he must have had his love goggles on or something, or, you know, in the honeymoon phase. Who knows? But then he told her everything. No razor has been used on my head because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head was shaved, my strength would leave me. 
Delilah alerted the Philistines and after putting him to sleep on her lap, they shaved his head and his strength left him. She then called Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he woke up from his sleep and thought, I'll just go out before as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. No, his head was shaved. All that Samson had worked for, all the wisdom that he had walked in, was stripped away from one influence. He had years of walking in the path of the righteous. He had the cold of God on his life and was given strength. But all it took was one influence that he listened to over the wisdom of God to strip all of that away. So that brings me to some key thoughts that I would love to share with you tonight. Are we ready, church? I'm ready. Let's go. Number one, choosing your influence will cost you. You know, you may need to be willing to leave behind some things that you hold tightly, including relationships, if you want to gain the wisdom that you seek. Maybe you have your own Delilahs that you need to run, run from, your own influences begging for your attention, pulling you away from the things of God. You know, it can, doesn't have to be people. It could be social media. It can be pornography. It can be thought patterns. It can be the books you read or the music you listen to. It could be Netflix. It can be movies. It can actually even be the news. All of these things have an influence over us. And if they're not aligned with the word of God, they will cost you. You know, you may need to be setting some boundaries within your own relationship with your partner or your relationship with your friends, even your relationships with your family. You have to count the cost to gain wisdom. 1 Peter 4 verse 1 to 5 says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the past of your evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality, their lust, their feasting, their drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, listen to this bit, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. But remember, they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. Whew, big verse, hey? <laughs> to live in godly wisdom, we have to arm ourselves with the same attitude that Jesus displayed. We have to be ready to suffer. Following Jesus and the example of Christ will cost us. And it will cost you in the area of relationships. We have to go through the pain of rejection from those who don't understand why we're now living this way. I mean, we can't escape this. Us as humans, it hurts. Losing relationships hurts. But we have to be willing to count the cost of these short-term pleasures like partying and getting drunk and slander and gossip and worship of things other than God, maybe even certain people. Because the true cost of living this way is our freedom in Christ and the privilege of walking in the wisdom and the character of God. You know, church, wisdom will cost you everything you have, but it is worth more than anything you have. For those of you who don't know a lot about my story, towards the end of my teenage uh, years were probably the most unwise years of my life. You know, I started off like Samson. I was brought up in a Christian home. I had loving Christian parents and a great family. But I didn't realize that 
the, the power of influence. And as I grew into my teenage years, I was beginning to be influenced in the wrong way. I began choosing my influence. You know, I was in the wrong crowd. I was in the wrong relationships. I was getting drunk. I was going to parties. I was making the worst decisions for myself. And I knew, I knew what was right and I knew the wise way to live. But I thought that living in my own feelings and my temporary feelings was easier than actively changing my actions and stepping into wisdom. So toward the start of 2019, I decided to step out of what ultimately was costing me and actively choose to walk in wisdom. No, I had to say goodbye to a lot of things. I had to push myself when I wanted to stay complacent. Now, I remember sitting in the Woolworths car park one day before work just crying because I knew the path that I needed to take, but in order for me to get there, it was going to cause me so much pain. So I remember just sitting there texting one of my good friends for the last time because I knew that if I kept choosing on my own accord to live this way, I was going to miss out on the blessings that God had already planned for me. You know, as much as it hurt, deep down I knew that it was a moment of pain for a lifetime of freedom. And for me now, I can, I can clearly see the truth of that scripture, walk with the wise and become wise. And let me tell you, it was not easy. It was never meant to be. I had to die to myself daily to give up what my mind thought it knew was best for me and to count the cost of wisdom so that I could live in the freedom and the calling that God had planned for me even before I was born. Now, I had to give up a lot of my friendships, my daily habits, the way that I thought about myself and others, my desires to be constantly physically loved and validated. Now, it cost a lot. But let me tell you, it was worth more than anything. Because before I was lonely and anxious and extremely depressed to the point where I could probably work one day a week and spend the rest of those six days in bed just staring at walls because I was that sick, to now living in the joy and the purpose that God has designed for me. Because before I was living in the false freedoms of the world, but now I'm living in the true freedom of the word. Before I had little to no self-esteem left, but now I am confident in who Christ calls me. Come on, if you feel like this, let me tell you, it is not exclusive to me. This is for everyone to receive. It all inevitably came down to choosing my influence. Now, Proverbs 4, verse 6 to 8 says, Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. Now, wisdom will hurt, wisdom will cost, but wisdom is worth the pain of our fleshly desires because we will reap eternal freedom and joy and truth, which is ultimately what's going to set us free. It's ultimately what's going to set our friends free and it's ultimately what's going to set our family free. Number two, choosing your influence is not a quick fix. Just like it takes time to build a habit, it takes time to build the habit of wisdom. It takes intentionality and it takes consistency now has anyone here i want to know drop it in the comments has anyone ever tried to learn something new maybe like a new instrument or maybe even painting maybe even a sport i know that there is a bunch of women here at oceans church that are keen to start a basketball team but let me tell you we're gonna have to practice a heck of a lot if we're gonna be any good i'll paint i'll paint you a little picture all right so one of my worst fears 
is being chased. Um, like terrified, like I'll probably have a panic attack before they get to me. But add dribbling a ball to that. And I'm just going to be like sitting on the court floor while the game's still going, just crying because I can't, I can't, I can't get up, guys. You're chasing me. I'm trying to dribble a ball. I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> if I'm honest, building a habit does not feel natural. If I'm honest, learning something new is uncomfortable. But we keep persisting like in basketball and it starts to become easier. No, for me, when I decided to choose wisdom, it was the last thing I actually just felt like doing. Like, it was hard, it was annoying, and quite frankly, it was a lot of effort that I wasn't actually willing to put in at the time. But it was a habit that I needed to build in my life. And a practical way that really helped me outwork the building of wisdom in my life was to surround myself with godly influences. How do you do this? You get planted in a church. Come on, there is a reason that you're here. There is a reason that you are on this live stream today. And if you're unsure on where to start by surrounding yourself with godly influences, let me help. You already know what I'm going to say. The first thing is dinner parties. Come on, it's not a coincidence that Ocean's Church always talks about dinner parties or if you're in another church, it's connect groups or life groups. It's because we, more than anything, want to see you prosper and to see the calling of God pulled out in your life, drawn out in your life, to see you walk in the confidence of who God has called you to be. Now, I remember way back when, when I was a freshie to church commitment, I was um, at Ben and Ananda's dinner party for the first time, so that was great. Firstly, Ananda is a professional chef, so of course I was going to be at that dinner party. Um, But second of all, I had never actually really had a community around me that would be open to chatting about the real stuff and getting to the why behind things. You know, it actually sparked my passion for knowing God again and invited me into a community that was for me and my walk with God. The second thing is serving. Can I encourage you that serving within a church is not for the church? It's not because we need more volunteers, although that is great. It's because God can do more with a servant and humble heart than he can do with anything else in this world. Serving strengthens your relationship with God. Serving, if we're getting biblical, was a reflection of God's heart. Jesus was the ultimate server. And if we are to be more like him and follow Christ's example every day, and if Jesus served for his whole life, why wouldn't we? Serving God and serving others strengthens our relationship with God. And as we are more aligned with God's heart, we can clearly see the wisdom that he is wanting us to walk in. You know, serving has clearly changed the way that I live my life. The first few weeks at Oceans, Shafin found out that I took photos. Um, So naturally, he came over um, and asked me to serve on the creative team, which we actually didn't have at the time. Um, And me being an incredibly introverted introvert at the time who just didn't like any one-on-one contact with anyone tried to shut down the conversation quickly I just sort of implied to Shafe I was like oh no I don't think I'll serve within a church maybe I don't know like mm, two years Um, and bless Shafe he was fully prepared to not like to just see me in the back row every week and not let me serve if that's what it would take to get me to me to where I am now so bless Shafe Um, (laughs) but then I saw the excitement of others as they were serving. And their excitement got me thinking, hey, this might actually not be so bad. And long story short, two years actually only just passed a few months ago. um, And this is where I am now. 
Uh, now, I now lead the creative team at Oceans Church. I run a dinner party with Jaden and Julia. I help lead youth. I sing on the worship team, all while working a full-time job. Like, praise God. Come on, I went from six days a week in bed, too sick to move, to living in the freedom and calling God had planned for me. Because I didn't wait to grow before I stepped into the things of God. I stepped into the things of God, and a result of that was growth. You know, there's this saying, casual Christians become Christian casualties. And can I tell you tonight that prioritizing church, you are not missing out on your best life. Your best life is not found by going to lunch with your friends on a Sunday. Your best life is not watching Netflix and resting on a Sunday. Your best life is found in serving Jesus. Your best life is found when you step out in faith and say, I don't know what I'm doing, but God, you say that you have the best things in store for me and you say that you have the plan for my life. So I'm going to trust you with all that I've got. God, use me. Choose your influence. Change your life. Point three, choosing your influence requires humility. You know, sometimes we give up the opportunity to live in wisdom because we're not willing to accept the way we're living isn't true to God's character. Mm. Sometimes we have to die to our pride in order for God to do a work in us that he wouldn't be able to do if we didn't choose humility. Luke 14 11 says, For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. Even Samson had the choice to be humble and follow the direction of his parents, but he chose to exalt himself instead. And because of the ignorance of godly advice, he stumbled. He chose the wrong influence. You know, humility is not easy, but it is necessary to gain the wisdom that God intended for us to walk in. One of the easiest, most obvious, definitely not easiest ways I've found to have humility sewn into my life was to become more open and vulnerable with the right people. Having a few select leaders who are living in the wisdom of God, keeping you accountable and building you up is far greater than a multitude of friends who aren't helping you grow in the wisdom and the character of God. You know, your heart is the ceiling of what God can do through you. Humility, um, if we are to cultivate it and to grow it in our lives, enables us to access God's power and the purpose He has designed for us. You know, from my experience Going from living in a world of unwise choices and stepping into the world of godly wisdom was hard. It required sacrifice. It required patience, humility, and a whole lot of resilience. But if God did it for me, a broken, messed up, hurting, sinful child, He can do it for you. He can take you in the condition that you're in. You don't, he can handle it. Don't think that you're ever too big of a mess for God. What an insult to God, hey? Well, do not water down how great and how awesome and how powerful our God is. So I want to ask you tonight, church, who is your influence? Who are you allowing to speak into your life? Are there maybe some boundaries that you need to be, that need to be drawn or some people that you need to remove yourself from? Are there things you need to work on within yourself? Come on, we don't ever want to be complacent in growth. We want to be growing in the things of God daily, growing to become more like Christ every single day. 
I think we owe it to the people in this world who do not know Jesus to be intentionally growing in our faith in our relationship with Him. Because what if we are the person they run into that shows them Jesus? You know, maybe it's time to think about who we want to influence us. Who should we ask to be a consistent godly voice in our life? Someone to pick us up and point us back to Jesus every single time, even when we don't want it. You know, maybe you've been listening tonight and you're not connected into a church. Can I encourage you that connecting yourself into a healthy culture, one that will lift you up and stir up your faith, is exactly what you need right now. It's exactly what we all need. Even the early church understood the importance of gathering together. Paul wrote in Hebrews to not neglect the gathering together. Why? Because it stirs up the faith. It gets you excited, it humbles you, it teaches you, it keeps you accountable. Now maybe it's time to push past the desires of the flesh, everything telling you why this isn't a good idea and just say, God, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to humble myself and chase after you and your wisdom with all that I have because you have the best things for me. You are the author of my life and you are the one who can lead me into freedom and truth. So I want to pray right now. I want to pray over our hearts for God to move. I want to pray for the great desire of godly wisdom. Because from gaining godly wisdom comes true freedom and joy, and that is something that we all deserve. So wherever you are, why don't you stand? If you're in your living room, if you're in your bedroom, in this room here, let's stand. Maybe you want to just close your eyes and open up your hands to God. You know, you can't receive anything if your hands are closed when your palms are closed but once they're open and you give that to God how much easier is that to receive something hey so maybe tonight God is showing you some of the influences that you need to cut out of your life maybe it is relationships maybe it's people maybe it's social media maybe it's some habits that you formed with people or drugs or partying or pornography or even Netflix or watching shows or binge watching shows or food and let the Holy Spirit speak to you in this moment. What are those things that have too much of an influence on you that are pulling you away from the things of God? Maybe you can hear a little voice in the back of your head. Don't ignore it. God isn't saying this to you to condemn you. He's saying this because He loves you. That is a loving Father and He has the best things in store for you. You know, maybe God is showing you some influences to choose. Maybe there are some people that you need to choose to have a godly influence in your life. Maybe it's serving or getting connected. Maybe it's even reading your Bible more and getting to know God on a personal level. So right now, I just love to pray, God, would you forgive us for choosing things other than you? God, we invite you into our hearts to come speak to us tonight. God, I thank you that you've already been touching people's hearts and, and speaking. I pray that that continues in Jesus' name. I pray for the great, um, the great power and grace for people to choose wisely. And I just pray that this isn't something that stops here tonight, but this is outworked in our lives every single day. God, I thank you that you love us and that you are for us and that you have a great plan for us. I just seal all this up to you, God. We give you all the glory and all the honour in Jesus' name, come on, everybody said amen. So good.